I don't think that anyone here would, not, not, would argue the fact that we're in some troubled times today. We're in some times when unbelievable things are going on in our world and in our nation. Of course, the horrible shootings and those that, that almost took place over the past week, just, we just can't comprehend that in our mind. Although we know the Scripture tells us that in the last days, these kind of things are going to happen. But in the midst of all of this, what was called to your attention last week and what we want to make sure that every member of this church knows, that we have a responsibility as the body of Christ to get the gospel to the world. And in trying to get it to the world, there's been some big hiccups because the church, the church in general, has been so dormant and so asleep and just thinking about themselves that the giving to get the gospel to the world through missions has greatly deteriorated. Last year, the International Mission Board was $22 million under their budget. What's the result of that? 800 missionaries have been told they must take early retirement. These are people that learn the languages of these people in the other parts of the world. They have given their life to do this. They forsook all and moved to those countries. And now they're told because of lack of funds, they're coming back. That should break the heart of every believer. We do know the world has come to our doorstep. I would like to say to you that one of the, the most unreached people groups uh, that we have is also in the seats and have been for many, many years of the churches in America. They're people that have never heard the gospel. They know how to do church. They know the songs. They know a few scriptures, but they've never heard the gospel. They feel like the gospel is the church is going to get them to heaven. They feel like the gospel is just straighten up what you're doing, do right, and everything's going to go all right. They have never heard the gospel. You don't have to be in Brazil in the jungle not to hear the gospel. You can sit in religious meetings on Sunday and never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when the gospel is preached, the enemy comes up against it. The gospel that's preached here at Sagemont is the gospel that is being preached around the world through our International Mission Board. 5,000 foreign missionaries before the cutback. We have another 1,000 that are willing to have gone if we would have provided the funds for them to go. And so our focus right now, Thanksgiving to, to the end of the year. Let me tell you something. Thanksgiving will be a time when we thank God for sending His Savior. Yeah, we want to thank God for America. We want to thank God for this holiday. We want to eat turkey or whatever. I'm not putting that down, but let me tell you something. We need to thank God if we're saved that we came to know God through the Lord Jesus Christ, that somebody told us about Jesus. We ought to be thankful for that. When you have your Thanksgiving prayer, don't pray for the turkey. Thank the Father for sending his son to die on the cross for us, okay? And the celebration of Christmas ought to be the celebrating of the Savior coming into the world to die for us and to show us how to live our life dying, then being raised from the grave and sending to heaven and promising to come back again. Now, that's what we're celebrating. It's not just a holiday when you can get a few days off with your family. It is a time to start focusing on what a privilege it is to be a, a child of God and how fortunate those that are born-again Christians are that we had somebody that told us about Jesus. 
God has a plan for every human being. I do not care what your past is, how bad your report card, or how good your report card. God's got a plan for your life. And together, we are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, our responsibility is to get the message out, and we're going to be dealing with that from the now to the end of the year. Matthew 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples. Then the 11 disciples. I thought there were 12. Well, you know who the 11th was. Judas. Already one had left. Already one had gotten into it, making money, okay? 30 pieces of silver he sold out. Now look what it says. It says, 11 disciples went away to Galilee and to a mountain where Jesus appointed them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still doubted. And Jesus came and he spoke unto them saying, here are some of the greatest words you'll ever see in the Bible as they relate to you and to me. First, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore, teach all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In the 14th chapter of John, in verse 15, the Scripture says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We sing the song, Jesus Loves Me. We like to sing the song about the love of God. But the scripture says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If, if we ever take a survey right now, how many commandments there are, it'd probably be 80, 20 vote, 80% say 10. That's the Old Testament. Jesus added 39 more to those. There's 49 commandments of the scripture. I don't let that scare you. These are what God said I want my kids to do. And if, you, if you'll do my commandments, I'll be with you always. I'll supply your every need. Nothing is too hard for me. I'll get you through any storm you get into. I will, I will welcome you when you come home, and I will lead you into the, into the purpose for which I created you for if you will obey my commandments. Forty-nine of them. He said we're to make disciples of the nation. What in the world is a disciple? A disciple is a person that knows the Lord Jesus personally. They have learned his 49 commandments and they obey them. They strive on these 49 things that God spoke. Now, time will not allow me to do all 49. I will pick out some along the way to emphasize, but here's what I want you to know. These 49 things will change your life forever. If we ever learn how God wants his children to live, we won't run from it. We'll run to it. When we'll understand that he said, I will never withhold any good thing from you. I will lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. I will protect you as well as provide for you. And I will see to it that no enemy that's formed against you is going to prosper. But you must do it my way. I have showed you. He told these 11, I have showed you these commandments. I have lived these commandments in front of you. And I expect you to do the same thing. So we must, to be a disciple, say, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Here's what that means. You know, you, you're saying, I know his commandments, and as much as in me is, I strive to keep them, all of them. 
I want to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Now, to follow me means to stay with me. To stay with me. It doesn't mean to follow like a puppy. See, a lot of people say, I follow Jesus. I just kind of, you know, wherever I think he's going. I know he'd be at church on Sunday, so I go there. I think that he goes when people are hurting, so I go there. No, that's like a little puppy. You don't follow him just to watch what he does. You follow him so you learn to do what he does. And so whenever you see how the Lord handles his enemies, how the Lord handles when he's got nothing, how the Lord handles his executioners, how the Lord deals with it, you see him. If any of you have ever played in, in any kind of athletics or, or music, musicians, or there's a lot of fields. When you've got a coach that can do it, it really does help. Rather than just tell you how to do it, they do it. You watch them. Show me how to use this iPhone. Show me how to use that computer. Show me how to bunt a baseball. Show me how to catch a football. Show me how to block. Show me how to play the piano. That's far different than somebody telling you how to do it, okay? Now, the Bible says we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So, we're going to try to learn the commandments and then we are going to understand that our mission field begins right here. I've talked to two young men this past week, both of whom God is using in magnificent ways that have felt the call of God to preach the gospel to the Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ. They've laying down their lives for whatever God wants them to, to do, the training, whatever is necessary. But the commandments are like the stars are to a mariner. You, they look up at the stars and they know the different stars and they guide themselves in the old days through the nights of the seas by watching the stars. They were their guides. Long as they knew those stars, they stayed on course. That's what the commandments do. The commandments tell us if we're on course or off a of course. As I close in just a few minutes, I'm going to quickly, and I'll have to do it real quick, and you won't get it all, so I've got some helpful things I want to give to you. But I'm going to show you the 49 commandments, and these are the stars. And you can take an inventory of yourself. Don't tell your neighbor, this is not, honey, that goes for you. You know, that's not you right there. You could work on that one, you know. This is for you, okay? All right, we'll get there in just a second. But I tell you this, when you follow the commandments of the Lord, you're going to get to the right destination. You are going to get where God wants you to be. You'll be, 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 you'll be headed where God wants you to go. You'll be making the progress where, that God wants you to make. And you'll be bound for the land where God wants you to go. That's what happened to Moses. With the fire at night, clouds by day, as long as he was doing that, he was right on course. Let me tell you, as long as I know these commandments and I have to use one of them, if I do what he says, I'm going to stay on course. If I say, but I'm in a peculiar situation, you don't understand, Lord. And I know that's for everybody else, but not for me. I'm going to go the other way, you know, because it's just reasonable for me to do this, you know. After all, look who I am and where I was born, who I know and all that kind of stuff. Now, be careful about that. But it's kind of simple. Could I just put all 49 of them together and tell you four words so you can memorize it? All of them say, love God and love people. That's what they're all about. Part of them tell you how to love God and the rest of them tell you how to love people. Now, loving God is easier to learn than loving people, right? That's where we, most of us bog down. We, we might score a B minus up here in loving God, but we're an F, you know, in loving people. You know, don't mess with me. After all, I'm a Christian. You know, and I, I'm somebody. But you know something? If you go to work for Chick-fil-A, they have a way of running the place. You don't run Chick-fil-A like they run Burger King. Nor do you go to work for Burger King and run it like Chick-fil-A. 
You know, you don't get the French fries from one place and put it over here and say, if we could get the French fries here, the Cokes there, the hamburgers there, and the hot dogs over here, I'd be the perfect franchise. When you go to work for these companies, you do what they tell you to do, right? That's their way of doing things. God has his way of doing things. God said, you want to follow me? This is what you're going to do, okay? Now, let me ask you a question. You ready for this? I know it's getting, it's getting a little later in the day. Time for a nap. Can you expect any particular thing when you meet a Christian anywhere and anytime and you can identify them like that? Is there anything that just gives them away? In other words, when the policeman pulls them over, when the, when the people pull in front of them when they're trying to get home in the freeway and they're taking 18 feet of their space, is there anything different in the honk if you love Jesus, folks? You know, <laughs> Is there anything there? Is there anything particular? There should be. The question is, is there? How about when they see you? Because you see, every conflict that we have in life, we can trace it to neglecting one of these 49 things. No exception. Every conflict you're having, you name the conflict, there is a commandment that you've disobeyed. I guarantee you. And when you get off of that, then trouble begins to arrive. You know, the Lord placed such a high commandment on these. Listen to what 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. You get that? This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Not the wrath of God, the love of God. I love you, my child. I can provide all things for you, but you must be my child. And take that position. John, Jesus has always promised to bless those that keep his commandments. John 14, 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my Father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. The next 10 times you pray, I want you to listen to your prayers. And while you're quick, the older you are, the quicker you need to write this down. The younger you are, you might procrastinate a little bit during the day. Write down whatever, everything you prayed about. And see if not 85% of it is, my name's Jimmy, what you going to give me? <laughs> Heal this one, bless this one, give me that job, help me get that A. You know, put me with him, me with her, whatever. You know, help me to win. You know, that's not what God's for. He's not a divine Santa Claus. He's not up there wanting to know what you want. He's looking for kids that want to love him and obey him and follow him so that he can bless them. That's what he's looking for. But we seem to have missed it. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I got to go real quick here because time is almost gone. Look at the scripture real quickly. Verse 18, it says all power. We're going to have immeasurable power. All power is given to me. I'm going to give it to you. Verse 19, it says, go you therefore. Go you. You go. Not somebody else. You go. If you can't go, send somebody. Send somebody. How can they hear without a, a preacher? Well, send that preacher. Send that missionary. Send that person. But when you can go and help that person, when they're on the mission field, that's what our mission ministry is about. That's what Wade and our entire mission team, we want you involved. Go if you can. We'll help you to go. But if you can't go, let's see that the others go. That's what we're to do. I know some of us have gotten so old, I got up and I get up and goes, got up and went, you know. We say, I can't go, I can't go, I'm just too this, too that. Send somebody. Make it possible for them to go. That's what it's all about.
of what we're to do. It's what God wants us to do. For Peter is walking on water. For the rich man, he's supposed to sell everything he had and give it to the poor. For Satan, he told him, get behind him. But he said, as you go, teach him. Teach him what? Teach him by your example. Example of what? Example of the commandments. Do what the commandments say. Where do you go? Verse 19, to all the nations. What do you do when you get there? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. More than 50% of our churches now aren't baptizing anybody. Well, what in the world are they doing? Well, they're growing. With what? With what? Jesus wants us to bring people to him and let him bless them. It says in verse 20, teach them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Now, real quickly, you're not going to make this unless you take shorthand, all right? Uh, but I want to give you 49. I, don't, I won't elaborate on any of them, but here's what I want you to do. I started to say I was going to get you to close your eyes while I do this, but I'm not going to do that because some of you go to sleep. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. We're going to put on the board the Scripture. If you take time to read the Scripture, you're going to miss what I'm going to give you, all right? But if there's one of them hits you, kind of say, you know, like, that's, oh, that's my, then you might want to read the script. That's good. It's worth your time to skip a few, and we'll catch you up, all right? I'm going to try to get some things in your hands that will really help you on this. But are you ready? Here are the commandments of Jesus. The, the, a group of Bible scholars got together and picked these 49 things out. You look at them, and when you say, did good on that one. 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 Did good. I'm pretty good. Uh-oh. That coveted one, that may be a problem now. I've already got my Christmas list together. I know what I want, but I don't get it. I'm going to throw a holy fit and all that kind of thing. All right, are you ready? Number one, repent. That's where it all gets started. You've got to get saved. To be a child of God, you've got to be born again. All right, I'm not going to elaborate on all of them. I'm on this one. These are commandments to God's children. They're not commandments for the whole world. They're commandments. So when you decide to follow me, these are the way you are to live. Number one, you're to repent. You turn from the world and you turn to him. That is in Matthew 4, 17. Then you follow me. That's the 19th verse of Matthew 4. Then it says, remove that smirk and that anger look and rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Matthew 5, 11. Now we're in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is giving these when he preached that Sermon on the Mount, which is in the fifth chapter of Matthew. Number four, let your light shine. Matthew 5, 16. Number five, honor God's laws. Matthew 5, 17 and 18. Be reconciled. That'll hit some. Who's, who's your enemy? Who you, how about the person that fired you from the last job? Have you made it up? Maybe it's a broken marriage. Whatever. Maybe it's not honoring your parents. That's the thing you've got to think about. All right, that's Matthew 5, 24. Do not lust. Matthew 5, 29. Keep your word. Matthew 5, 37. Go the second mile. Matthew 5, 39. Love your enemies. Matthew 5, 44. Number 11, be perfect. Matthew 5, 46. Boy, yeah, that's a tough one. You may need to study that in a little more. Yes, we do. That's probably one we'll work on. Well, it is one we'll work on forever until we meet the Lord. Number 12, practice secret disciplines. Matthew 6, 1. You know what that means? That means do some things. Nobody else knows you're doing them. You know, I'm going to study the Word. Don't go tell everybody I'm studying the Word and getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. You've already messed up some of the other commandments by just doing that, all right? Number 13, lay up treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, how are you doing with your giving? Where is Jesus on your Christmas list and on your Thanksgiving list? Number 14, seek God's kingdom, uh, which is Matthew 6, 33. Here's another one that's going to hit a lot of us. 15th, judge not, Matthew 7, 1. 
16, do not cast your pearls before the swine. Where are you losing your talents? That's using your talents. Matthew 7, 6. Then it says, ask, seek, and knock in Matthew 7. 18, do unto others. You'd have others do unto you. 19, choose a narrow way. These are all in Matthew 7. Number 20, hold on to this one. Beware of false prophets. Matthew 7, 15. Number 21, pray for laborers. Matthew 9, 37. Pray for laborers. God will call people out. 22, be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, Matthew 10, 16. Fear not, don't be afraid, Matthew 10, 28. Hear God's voice, Matthew 11, 15. Take my yoke around you, that means that I'll be beside you, walking with you, Matthew 11, 19. Listen to this, young people. Number 26, honor your parents, Matthew 15 and 4. Number 27, beware of leaven. Number 28, deny yourself, Luke 9, 23. Despise not little ones, Matthew 18 and 10. Number 30, go to offenders and talk with them. Get it out, get it, work it out, Matthew 18, 15. Listen to this one, beware of covetousness, Luke 12, 15. Forgive your offenders, Matthew 18, 21. Honor your marriage, Matthew 19 and 6. Be a servant, Matthew 20, 26. You be a house of prayer, Matthew 21, 13. Number 36, ask in faith, believing, Matthew 21. Bring in the poor, Luke 14. Render to Caesar, that's the government, what's his and to God, what's God's. That's Matthew 22, 19. Love the Lord with all your heart, Matthew 22, 37. Love your neighbor as yourself, Matthew 22, 39. Await my return, Matthew 24, 42. Take, eat, and drink, Matthew 26, 26. Communion, so important in the life of a believer. We have it here at Sagemont every Sunday. You can take communion right over here across from the bookstore if you're a believer. Number 43, be not troubled. Are you troubled today? Something really bothering you? See, that's the one you want to work on. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Then keep my commandments, Jesus said, John 14, verse 15. Watch and pray, Matthew 26, 41. Number 46, feed my sheep, John 21, 15. Disciple those that are broad, so to speak, and those that are here. Number 47, baptize. Be baptized and baptize others, Matthew 28, 19. And then 48 is receive God's power, Luke 24, 49. And then the final one, go make disciples. And that's our text of the morning. You see, it all starts, folks. You can't lead others to where you've never been. You can't ask others to do what you're not willing to do yourself. You can't ask others to give to you until you're willing to give to others. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto you. There's something going on in my life right now, and I keep calling attention to Beth about it. Every time I get talking about this, what I'm talking about right now, about giving and thinking about giving. We were traveling down the highway yesterday. We stopped at one place. I got out, opened the door of my truck, looked down on the ground, and there was a penny. I just picked it up, and John, I said, in God we trust. I remember your story. I read it to her. I said, in God we trust. So we got in, had our little... Dairy Queen or something, I don't know what it was. And we went on down and then needed gas in the truck. So we just pulled in randomly at a place uh, to get uh, gas. 
I got out of the truck and I looked down. She was still sitting there. I just reached down. There was a dime. I picked it up. I said, see there? God's still with us. I mean, he just keeps reminding us. In God we trust. In God we trust. In God we trust. In God we trust. People leave all that stuff just laying on the ground. It's just everywhere. You know, I saw the man over here at the bank the other day. He was inside in sandals and uh, he was putting about $1,200 in the bank. I mean, he had, had some. I got out there and he was going around the ATM machine picking up money over there in the grass. So before Sage Mod 5, if y'all will come about 4 o'clock, go over to the bank, pick up the money, bring it over here, give it to Sage Mod 5, they'll give it all the missions, all right? But whatever. But here's the point, folks. Whenever you start wanting to do things God's way, God shows up. Whatever you're on right now, in other words, if you don't start loving your enemies, I guarantee you in the next 48 hours, you're going to get a call from one, a letter from one, or you're going to see them personally somewhere. And you're going to get a chance to either try out what you're trying or just say, oh, well, I just wait. I don't want to talk to him. I'm still not ready for that. I think I'm going to go back to number one or whatever, you know. But here's the thing I want you to do now. We got to get people to Jesus. Jesus done all he can do. He's turned it over to us. He said, now you're my disciples. But you remember in, in John 14, 16, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? He's the only one that could say that then. But now, when people see us, they should see the Father. The only way they're going to see him is to see us. And what we've got to do is be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. That's our, our church uh, mission statement. And the world is waiting. And while people are walking around in darkness and they cannot understand what is the answer it's got to be a military answer. It's got to be a political answer. It's got to be a financial answer. It's got to be something like the world can create it. No, Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And if you'll just let people see me in you, they will want what you have. But we must come out from the world and be separate. We must see the total meaning of Christmas and while we give to those that we love here on earth, we give of our time and our talents and our substance to the God that made it all possible. We just get focused. We just readjust our priorities. We just look at our life and say, you know, life is brief and soon is going to be past and only what's done for God is going to last. There's not anything you can take to heaven but somebody else. You're not going to bring your stuff. There's no funeral home that has trailer hitches on their hearses. And you say, I've already got my U-Haul rented, and if I can't take it with me, I'm not going. Oh, yes, you are. You are going. But seriously, folks, the joy of the following the Lord is being an eyewitness to what God can do. And you got to be there when it happens. That's the reason you don't want to miss church. That's the reason you don't want to miss talking to somebody about the Lord. That's the reason you don't want to miss a part when you pray for somebody that is sick to be healed. And then you hear the great story. And by the way, folks, we're going to be, I'm working my, with my grandsons, and they're going to help me. And we're going to get out some information for y'all. If y'all are not reading Sage My Life, folks, these are people that you're sitting by right now. I just met one in the hallway coming in this morning, and she said, did you read my story? And I'm in the process of reading it right now. Folks, you can't believe what's happening right here on this 60 acres. That's absolutely a miracle in the lives of not what's going on in here. This is a miracle. That baptistry is a miracle. But in the lives of people. It's here right now. It is happening. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And when you understand that God's going to protect us, his kids, not his nation. America is not God's nation. 
We have already said we don't want God's name on the, on the bills. We've got all that going on. But God looks over all that. He said, that's just the way people are until Jesus comes into our heart. And then we can sing the song, What a Wonderful Change in My Life's Been Wrought Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. Jesus wants others to see him in us. Now, you want to be a part of that or not? Say, no, I'm miserable. I'm 23 years old. I am miserable, and I deserve the right to be miserable for the next 23 years. <laughs> and then I may go another 23, and if I'm still alive, I might come back and reconsider. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Today's the first day of the rest of our life. Today is a day of salvation. Today is, is accepted time. This is the moment.